Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Who messy distance professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, for this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where tonight we're talking NWA, WCW, Saturday night on TBS from June the 27th of 1987, sitting here with Doc and Hardbody Hopper, as we take you through another journey of Jim Crockett Promotions, Saturday night on TBS. Doc, how you doing tonight, man? You all right? Pretty good. We just got a webcam shot at Harper's bedroom, and there's hardly <laughs> any there's hardly any bedpost there. It's just he's not made so many notches in it. There's hardly <laughs> anything left. Jizz was all there was. No shit. Was, if somebody put a black shit. light on that thing, it'd just be a soupy <laughs> mix of jizz and sweat. It'll probably blonde you. Yeah. Harper, how are you? I'm doing great. How y'all That's doing? Nice. We're hanging. Right, Doc? Well, good for you. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're doing super duper. I mean, the Cowboys are winning games again. Drew Brees throws for all those yards. I mean, I think everybody has a reason to be happy tonight. We're, we're just here to live, love, and laugh, right? That's, That's right. right. I, I mean, I certainly don't want to get into a situation where I can't even. Okay. <laughs> Living a dream, brother. All right, real quick, let me do something before we get over to Doc's got something he wants to talk about in great detail. A uh, special shout-out to largest patron contributors monthly, disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, who move over to Patreon this week. So thank you, Mark, for all you're doing. And then uh, Hall of Fame patron at K underscore row 86. Uh, real quick, make sure you go join the Facebook group. That is uh, tinyurl.com slash group. Just search Book in the Territory Podcast, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, and you can find it there. And then a couple of shout-outs to some new patrons as of this recording, October the 3rd, 2018. Uh, Brad Ford joined and William Hegstrom joined. Guys, if you'd like a Twitter shout-out, send me your Twitter ats, and I will certainly throw a shout-out at you there on Twitter so the rest of the hashtag BTT Army can go follow you. All right, Doc. You want me to do something before, as we're getting started? Well, you, right? oh, you, hold on. You got it queued up, right? So you're ready? I am I am ready. Uh, I pulled it okay, up so earlier. Let me, let me set this. When you're, you set it up, and I'm going to tell you, we've got something special tonight. I mean, I ain't kidding. Um, we're going to do a little. We have segments on here, and we're going to combine two segments. We're going to compi- combine the promo of the week with... Doc Spotlight. And I got to tell you, we don't have to travel far for this one, pal. Mike, you want to tell them what we're doing here? We have a superstar in our midst. That's what I'm saying. Who? <laughs> Who? Well, I tell you what. Hard Body Hopper appeared on Channel 4 WWE oh, TV. Yeah. Promoting his, uh, by the time this airs, the Wildcat Revolution Rumble would have taken place the previous weekend. However, our body Hopper appeared with the lovely and scrumptious and fine Sheba Turk from right, WWL TV. Huh? 
She seemed kind of dumb. Though. Whoa, wow. There is nothing dumb about Sheba. Oh, my well, God. Well, what I learned of this is that she's no Doug Mouton, but hey, who is? <laughs> so, I tell you what. Let's just cue it up. It is Wildcat heavyweight champion, Wildcard Jay Spade, Hardbody Hopper, and, yeah, that guy Luke Hawks who thinks his shit don't stink. Uh, they the are in the world's smallest arms. Yes, right. They what? are in... <laughs> They are in WWL TV studios, and the star hopper emerges. Here it is. Wrestling is celebrating seven years on the ring this weekend with the big Revolution Rumble, and you guys can check it out. This morning, the heavyweight champion, wildcard Jay Spade, is here with the host, Hardbody Harper, and the founder, Luke Hawks, to tell us more about the big matchup. Thank you guys for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And tell me a little <laughs> bit of backstory behind the two names. You're the champion right now, so I'll yes. start with you. Well, the wild card J Spade, pretty much the wild card stands for me. Just get Every time nice. I'm in the ring is a combination of strength, agility, speed, high flyingness. So you can't really pinpoint what I'll actually do. Oh, they can never card. predict what's coming. They're never ready. Exactly. And Hardbody Harper, I understand that you yes, had a great football career at Delgado, you I told did. me? Yes, ma'am. I'm the only five-star athlete to have played football yeah. for Delgado Community College. But I don't think Delgado has a football team. <laughs> really? Why don't you drag Doug uh, a freaking Mouton out here? He knows exactly who oh, okay. I am. Maybe that's what it is. You what know, sports isn't my no. thing. Maybe you I'm are sure he's champ. hiding out here somewhere. <laughs> Get ready for four down four now. <laughs> Probably begging the interview, right? Exactly. Listen, I'm not going to fight with you, man. You look like a pro. And Luke, you found it wait, over wait, wait. this. He looks like a pro? Sheba, come on. You look guys are making this so difficult this, for me. Look at that. No, at no, this. no way. Take a bell. I mean, I'm just, I'm just sitting here. This is like interviewing Eric Paulson, just flexing muscles the entire time that it's happening. Luke, tell us how this all got started. Well, uh, I've been wrestling almost 20 years, mm -hmm. so uh, next year we'll make 20 years, 19 years in. And I wrestled around the world, and I wanted to bring pro professional wrestling back to the New Orleans, Louisiana area because it's, it, it was a big, big part of this culture in the late 80s, early 90s, and since it like kind of fell off, so... I thought it was time for me to come home and open our own brand here, and that's how Wildcat Sports took place. We started a pro wrestling school, which turned into an organization, and here we are seven years later with our biggest show this Saturday night. Great. Well, congratulations. Tell us more about what can we can expect from the show Saturday night. Well, this Saturday night, I have my title defense against Steve Anthony and Black Taurus. This Saturday will also mark the 400 day that I've been a Wildcat Sports heavyweight champion. Wonderful. Who's been your toughest opponent? Ah, life, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just the entire thing. Yeah. The entire thing. But it's been a great ride, though. It was a great ride, and I love being champ. And we have some really big matches coming up. We got okay. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. So I'm gonna stop I have, it. I have, I got some questions here, and I don't know much about Wildcat, so this is gonna be good. It'll help everybody else get um, squared away. So, do you manage Jay Spade? No. Huh. No. And he's got the strap. He has the strap for now. Does, it, does anybody manage Jay Spade? No. Hmm. It um, looks like he needs one, doesn't it? He could use a mouthpiece. <laughs> just say it. Just say it. He could use he's a manager. Garbage. Well, he's I, a lot I, more than no, that. no. Mike told me some things, and if it's true, and he's what I he says he is, then I'm impressed. And certainly, he's big and cut and a genetic freak. I'm just saying that when I watch that shit, and I encourage all of you to go find it online, because Harper mixed in 
not only telling the, the champion of the promotion that his biggest opponent has been life <laughs> was Harper was mixing in some facial work there too. Not like on a Friday night, but like working the, working the camera there. Um, you need a bigger role than Wildcat, pal. Tell him. I just did. <laughs> You're preaching I mean, fire. I mean, he's the he Mike. He jumped off the camera between those two, didn't he? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta hear, you gotta see the visuals when Sheba Turk, the lovely Sheba Turk, says. So let me get this straight: you are the. First and only five-star football player from Delgado Community College. Where's that at? Where's that at? Valdosta, Georgia? It's in, no, uh, it's in it's New in Orleans. City. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it, it's a real community college. They used to have a basketball team. I don't know if they still do. Yeah, but. It's real like everybody goes to, like, the, you know, when you graduate high school, and if you don't go to a four-year college, that's if where you, you take, go. If you take the society route. Right. Actually, I never attended Delgado University. But anyway, uh, so I went straight to a four-year. It just took me 20 oh. years to get it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, the the look on Harper's face when he's talking about going to Delgado and the beauty of it, and I, Harper and I never talked about this, but I'm going to assume that Sheba had no clue what was coming, and that's why she was like, you guys are making this hard on me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hold on. more stuff. But she didn't that come was, back to me. <laughs> that was live, and that was live TV. Yeah. Well, so there you go. Was that, was that your script? Did you have a script for all that? No, but uh, I had that in my head, and I had some other stuff. I was going to bring up a uh, a female news anchor. I was going to say something about her, how she has a poster up in her office, and she keeps bugging me to autograph it for her quote unquote nephew. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> so, but fucking had to steal all the goddamn spotlight. Right. Here's what I hear. Let me sum this up in case you haven't seen the, the the visuals. You had a black guy who couldn't talk, a white guy trying to sound like a black guy, and Harper in the middle being the star. That's what I saw, and that is why he is the promo of the week and the doc. Yeah. I can't put it any clearer. I mean, these people are lucky to be getting this shit for free. This I want a Rolex. It needs to, he gets the government cheese, the Rolex, and then more importantly, the Philly fake out. Yeah. Um, this shit needs to go behind the paywall from now on. Hopper, Hopper is in, in line for the Rolex off top. There you go. Yes. He's the leader hey. in the clubhouse. He's the leader in the clubhouse. And with that said, What's this shit? let's get into This was a long-ass show. Yeah, it was. Hour and 25 minutes, the fuck? So let's get into it. We're talking Saturday night on TBS, June 27th, 1987. And let me just throw it open there. The opening is Shivani and Crockett. They're talking about the Great American Bash starting. And then Ric Flair, he's hitting leadoff. I guess leadoff for this show. He didn't lead off. He, he's leading off Saturday night. He didn't lead off this show. Hopper did. Anyway, let's, let's just go straight to it because Ric Flair is going to come out here. and He's got something he wants to talk about. Here it is. And speaking of the Dream Team, here's the World Heavyweight Champion, Ric Flair. Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Speaking of the Dream Team, speaking of the Four Horsemen, speaking of the World Champion, here he is, the epitome of what our sport's all about. 
Yours truly, whoo, the living legend, the greatest of all time, Ric Flair, and along with my great partner, Lex Luger, today, right here on national TV, Jimmy Garvin, you pay your dues. Ronnie Garvin, you made a mistake of sticking your nose in your brother's business, and today, brother, we cut it off. Now, the month of July approaches. The Great American Bash, right here in Atlanta, July 4th, the match me up. Probably the greatest contest between qualified athletes to ever be witnessed anywhere in the world. And we're bringing it right here to Atlanta, Georgia. The double cage with the cage on top. The horseman and danger versus Nikita. The dream, the road warriors. And Paul Ellery. <laughs> what a night it's going to be. Then we go to Charlotte. We go to Chicago, Frisco, LA, Richmond, Norfolk. We take in the world. Jim Crockett promotion. Rick Flair, Dusty Rhodes, the Road Warriors, the Horsemen. We take in the wrestling world over in the month of July. And for all of you out there that don't like me running my big mouth, let me leave you with these few comments. I, Rick Flair, I'm going to make more money in the month of July doing what I do better than anybody else. And that's being qualified opponents than you out there will probably make in 25 years of eight to five humanoid life labor. That's you. This is me. This is Slick Rick. This is the year of the horseman. The horsemen are going on tour. The bash is going on tour. And I want every woman from New York to Los Angeles to remember that after the horsemen do their thing, woo, Space Mountain will be open every night woo, around the world. The world champion, Ric Flair. Let's go to the ring. So I will make sure I edit out all of Harper's blowjob that he's getting serviced over there Jesus while he's recording. What's going fuck? on? I don't know. It wouldn't turn <laughs> off. What, what wouldn't turn off? So fucking someone keeps sending me wildcat shit. So I was like, what the fuck? So <laughs> okay. it's, all right. it's off now. <laughs> Not only that, it sounds like the head tits uh, being uh, jiggled. It sounds somebody's... like dragging a needle across a vinyl record. There you go. Uh, anyway, we'll get to Rick here. Doc, what you got from Rick? You know, first of all, he's out there in the robe, and we haven't seen that in a long time. And that means yeah. we're going to be getting down to business. So that sets the tone. And he says something about getting in there, you know, the greatest collection and qualified athletes. It's really hard to tell over the sounds of blow jo toothy blowjobs going on. But when he said he was getting ready to make more money this month and these nine to five, eight to fivers are going to make it to the next 25 years, that's some good shit. His exact words were humanoid labor, which I thought was good. Harper, what'd you have? Yeah. I love that when he says, I'm going to make more in fucking July. The y'all, the U S was going to make it 25 years. <laughs> okay. And he and probably last, is right. He's not lying. You're now, right. What he what he didn't tell you was he's also going to spend more than he's going to spend all of what he's making in twenty five years within that same year. 
but he is going to make more. Uh, and then he says, after the horsemen do their thing around the country for the bash, Space Mountain will be open for business. Well, I just want to say it's it's good to see it will be business as usual at the Marriott after the matches. And that was my note. Um, but anyway, Doc, anything else you had from it? Mm, but that means he's going to wrestle later. Yes. So next match, I'll just give the result. Mod Squad versus El Negro and Alan Martin. Whoa, Mod Squad wins. Who? Oh, come on. El Negro. Oh, look. I love how you try to sound like you're fucking, you're fucking Latina when you say it. Just say it, Negro. Just say it. That's how you say it, you dumbass. No, say it. You try like El, El, El Negro. Right. Oh, my God. All right. The Mod Scott wins. I do not know who El Negro is, but he eats the pin. <laughs> I know. I think it's you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're black and fat and stupid. you're you're a jackass okay Uh, we got a promo I think Harper's TV appearance may be going to his head here (laughs) he needs to be on somebody's television weekly he really does not just local TV cause god damn those canary shoes the jacket you like those shoes those shoes hurt my feet man fuck (laughs) It's so shitty, bro. Ugh. Bro, Homer, I showed that video to my wife, and her words were, now she knows you and has met you, and she goes, is this supposed to be funny? <laughs> oh, that's like, nice. what? Yeah, I'm sitting there dying laughing, and that's what she asked me. And, and then, okay, and just like a typical broad, she looks at Sheba Turk, who she doesn't know and has really never seen her. And is like, oh, her outfit and her shoes are really nice. Jesus Christ. You should just go. I bet she's got a tight slit. Whoa. the fuck? I would bet $100 right now that Luke Hawks hit on her at some point in time. I I would be surprised. I thought he had a girlfriend, right? I'm just saying. Kayfabe, brother. <laughs> You're the one breaking kayfabe. No, I'm just, I mean, I'm having fun, but I mean, you know. Anyway, he was in between girlfriends at a time, probably. There you go. Uh, yeah. We got a promo from J.J. Dillon. I, I hadn't set it to play because he's just talking about the July 4th War Games at the Omni. Uh, he takes turn explaining the rules, and I honestly yeah. don't blame him for having the rules repeated here, but uh, that shit was complicated the very first time i heard it but uh doc did you have anything from it no all right hopper you the only thing i have written down was this crowd is drunk <laughs> just, dude they're they're on fire bro they are loud yes very loud they're one of the louder ones we had one last year like this where they were loud and these people are very loud. Next match is Arn Anderson versus Dexter Westcott. Arn does win. That is followed by Flair and Luger versus Jim and Ron Garvin. Uh, this one was a pretty lengthy match. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me just say this, and then I'll throw it to Harper and then you, Doc. Rick's chest, not even halfway through the match, mm. is beat red and bleeding on the left side. Literally, Garvin has ripped his skin open with his chops. Uh, th- before I say what happened to the finish, Harper, what did you have? I'm thinking, damn, he, he's really taking a lot for a fucking studio match. <laughs> did he? Goodness. Yeah. Doc, what about and you? I'll... Oh, go ahead, Harper. 
And I was thinking how fucking lucky they are to to, to see this. I mean, I mean, like they said, that could have been a main event in fucking any uh, arena, which is true. Yeah, and especially that, with Flair and, and two, Garvin and Yeah, right. And that two, three hundred people who didn't pay to fucking walk in. That's 75, if, if that. Oh, well, I, I'm trying to be nice, you know. <laughs> Like how they do in a wrestling. 200, 200, 300 may be the, the number of teeth in that crowd, but. Wow. Hubber is right, though. In wrestling, a wrestling promoter will yeah. look at that studio crowd. Now, that, I, I contend the studio crowd has a good 100 people in there, but Hubber's right, man. If you talk to a promoter and there's, like, no video <laughs> footage of it, they'd be like, oh, bro, 500 people was in that motherfucker. They were hanging from the rafters. Until it was time to pay the boys, and they'd be like, oh, we only had 45. Yeah, it's always yeah, a are... packed house. <laughs> yeah. Hanging from the rafters. Doc, what did you have from the match and the chops and all that good stuff? Man, they they put it up on the little graphics coming in, dream match, and I was like, that's damn right. Uh, again, I said this in Smoky Mountain. I don't think this show, the show I said it has come out. I think it was probably a couple of weeks from now, but it's rock and roll versus Candido and Primetime. And if Primetime Brian Lee is the worst guy in your – tag team match you're probably okay you can't it's hard for him to carry the promotion so if luger's the worst guy in the in the tag match at this point in his career that's a good place for luger and you're okay they did screw up in that one little spot yeah yeah but nobody and i'm throwing this out there it's up there with rick and and steamboat Nobody gets into throwing chops like Ron Garvin and Ric Flair. Those two and, and beat those the hell two out of each sadistic. other. They're sadistic. They like pain. They get off on this. Dude, just go back and watch those two lock up. That shit was, I mean, yeah. the lockups were just physical. And you know, It's still real to them. And I watched this shit on my phone. Dude, crowd was super loud, even coming through that little speaker. I was like, holy shit. Then you get to this, you know, you hear Rick in these interviews, ah, and, you know, Sting. I'd be out there, and then my chest would start bleeding. You're like, yeah, right. Packed house, just like the promoter, tall tales, wrestlers. But, dude, that trickle of blood down Rick's chest, that shit. I mean, think about how many, how tough his chest was you didn't just look at i mean if i if i just looked at menace's chest it'd probably open up because he's a pussy <laughs> but we're talking about rick flair and he still opened up and bled and then took chops after that cut your chest open and start chopping that shit jesus christ um i get why he's doing it but rick was selling too much in my opinion <laughs> Yeah, he, he was selling the whole time. He 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 begged about three or four times. Yeah, and it's like it exposes Luger for not being able to sell because Luger's the monster. Um, and the last thing is this, and this is more not the match, but sort of the big discussion point of the the whole episode for me. I know he's not great on the stick. And I know we're going there later in the year. But if we're going to tout this as being the name on the marquee is wrestling and this is a, that cartoon shit and we're tough guys, 
Is there any better matchup you could put out there in a promotion that lost Magnum TA and needs a baby face than Ron Garvin versus Ric Flair? I'll take that. To just beat the piss out of each other in a most physical and serious and real way. Bro, I don't realize if you, I, I know you, a lot of people might not think about this often, but if you recall, Garvin was supposed to face Flair at the last Starcade, but Magnum's car accident threw everything out of whack. And that's why Nikita ends up in the spot that he's in. So, like, we get so we gotta, it a year. So gotta bring up old shit. Well, we get it. We get it a year later, later this year in '87. But you're right. I mean, we've seen these two before in December yeah. of 1985 on Saturday night. They beat the shit out of each other for 20 minutes on freaking free TV in front of 100 people in the studio. So, no, there's. I mean, Garvin. Garvin's not the promo that other baby faces are and it's probably it's actually the only thing he's missing from this time period uh, or just in general but man when those two go at it they bell to bell bell to bell it is phenomenal they beat the shit out of each other and and okay so my point is this rick was dealing with nikita or whom barry they're not great talkers either why couldn't rick carry ron through a full program earlier that's what i'm saying i'm just saying that's what I'm saying. Well, he was supposed to earlier, but the the accident threw everything out of whack. Okay. But we'll get it. Well, we'll get it this year. No, no, no. I mean, go ahead. Well, well, and I'm gonna stop there so that we can cover the shenanigans towards the end in a separate discussion. <laughs> but while this shit was going on, man, the crowd was into it. Those four guys were into it. I mean, what else do you want? So. Right, yeah, exactly. So here's what happens at the end. At the end, JJ tries kidnapping or woman napping Precious, but Dusty and Nikita come out and say, nah, brah. Jim Garvin hits Rick with a brain buster, and then Ronnie Garvin counts to three, but the ref said no. Ref says no, it's a double DQ. Tony will clear it up shortly. Um, shenanigans at the end, craziness at the end, but the champ... Um, <laughs> champ champ kind of eats the pin if you consider Ronnie Garvin counts to three, but he really didn't eat the pin. But uh, what else you got from it, Doc, at the end? Dude, last week he tried to make off with a sack of cash. This week he tried to make off with a sack of ass. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's nice, Doc. <laughs> Dude, he just tried to steal Precious, man. I popped on that. Yeah. She has a beat you <laughs> moment now. Yeah, <laughs> he, just, he tried to take... Think about it. He tried to kidnap a woman on national table. <laughs> one Where's week he after, go one, with her? One week after he stole a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> That's a hell of a month. <laughs> What'd you do this month? I stole a hundred grand and a bitch. <laughs> Great, Harvard. What do you have? Anything else from the end of this thing? I kept thinking, like, where's he going to go with her? Like, where's he going to take her? If I mean, let's say like Dusty. And Nikita didn't come out. Back What's he going to do with her? Back to their stabbing cabin. That's nice. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of leads into what we're about to go into well, with this Jim yeah. Garvin promo. Yeah, there you go, buddy. So let's let's go now to Jim Garvin. He's going to get interviewed by Tony Schiavone, and this is after the match. And we're back, and obviously one of the greatest matches we have had right here on the Superstation. Double disqualification because of throwing the referee out. But if for 20 minutes or so, they just went toe-to-toe. 
All four men that time, and then right at the very end. I got end, something to say. Go ahead. I'm I got good. something to say. I'm in this professional wrestling sport, and I expect to be abused, and I expect people to try to take advantage of me, but I don't expect my woman, my squeeze, my precious, to take that kind of sick abuse. I don't know who they think they are, Tony. I don't know who they think they are. James J. Dillon, he stole the people's money, that's one thing, but trying to take my woman right here on national television is a disgusting thought. And only the four horsemen could probably put that together. But the fact is this. I don't come out here and ask for a lot of things, and I'm not out here asking for anything now. I'm demanding. I know Mr. Crockett's in this studio somewhere, and I'm not leaving here until I get what I want. What I want is you, Ric Flair. What I want is you, Ric Flair. The great American bastards are here, and I know that there's a blank spot somewhere, Pally. And I want my name on the line. I want your name on the line. I want it in a cage. I don't want no rules and regulations. I don't want no outside interference. I'm not gonna stand by and let anybody abuse my woman, much less try to come out here and steal her on national television like some kind of low life. It makes my stomach crawl when I even think that they think they can get away with that. So I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until I get it. I don't care where it's at. I want a cage, and the reason I want the cage is to keep the four horsemen out. Ric Flair, I know I can beat you. I know I can take the gold home with me. I know I can't do it if I gotta watch people like J.J. Dillon, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, Tully Blanchard. So the fact is this, Mr. Crockett, I'm not leaving until I get what I want. I want a cage match with Ric Flair. I don't care if it's on some back alley somewhere, but I want it because I'm going to defend the honor of the Garvin name and the Garvin family and my woman. Nobody's going to come out here and try to embarrass us like that. Okay, and hopefully his demands will be answered later on in the program here today. Let's go back to the ring, fans. This is pretty important compared to what's like coming up over the next month or so. Doc, what did you uh, what did you have from this? I get that he tried to steal your woman and all, but from what I just saw, your his older bro stepbrother needs the title shot. And uh, he called yeah, somebody, and he called somebody Pally. <laughs> yeah, he did. But it's, I mean, it's going along with what's been going on too with Flair trying to whatever get his hands on Precious and her bodacious tatas, as he likes to say. Yeah. Uh, Rick is, if you think Rick violated the Me Too movement in the past, he's he's really about to turn it into overdrive in a few weeks. Harvard, what do you have from this? I love when he says, uh, "I accept the fact that you know." I'm in this business and I got to take this abuse, but my fucking, uh, my fucking woman, she shouldn't have to deal with this shit. I like that line. So he's going to fight for, they are going to have a cage match. We will actually see it Ooh. in a few weeks. So yeah, they show, I think they show most of it. So we, we will see the cage match. Uh, it's not a, it's not a Ron Garvin and Flair type cage match, but it, it was pretty good compared to considering what's on the line, which is precious. Unfortunately, all right, uh, any y'all gonna? Why is that unfortunate? Uh, it, 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 bruh, what Rick does in a few weeks, and the fact that a woman is on the line in this cage match, it does not hold up well in time. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm all for craziness and wrestling and doing crazy things, but like when you watch it, it's like, wow, they bet a woman. Holy so, shit! <laughs> well, I got more to say about that in a little bit. Okay, so we got Ricky Morton who defeats Freddie Smith next, and then we go straight from that to J.J. and Luger. 
Um, I'll ask both of you, Doc. Did you have anything from it? Did you want to play that one? I did. Okay, Hopper, you how too. About that? Yeah, you can play it. All right, here we go. Here it is. JJ and Luger come out. Okay, fans, and we're back. James J. Dillon and Lex Luger. For 20 minutes, we witnessed probably one of the greatest matches that the people sitting at home have seen in a long, long time, and they've been buying a ticket regular and sitting in the NWA arenas. My voice is hoarse. I've about lost my voice from cheering and getting into what's happening right here on today's program. That match was a main event in any arena anywhere in the country. But where does Jimmy Garvin get off coming out here, issuing challenges, and trying to run down the credibility of the four horsemen of professional wrestling? If he wants a match with Ric Flair, Jimmy Crockett's here today. As soon as I get off this cameras, we'll get in a room somewhere, get Mr. Flair there, and I'm sure we can work something out when you start talking that kind of business with that kind of intensity. Lex Luger, we got some important things to take care of, and this was just, just the beginning. You're right there, JJ. This is just a start. Who do I think they are? Dropping the world champion. Nick your boy on his head. We beat them bucks for one end of another for 20 minutes. Then they go and drop the camp, and they put me in a compromising position. We got to where we are because we're the best at wrestling. Not what happens after the match. We had them beat. As far as I was concerned, Garvin's round one. From now on, the summer passes. They start right now. Nobody, nobody does that. The four horsemen in any combination. Dusty Rhodes, Nikita, the Road Warriors will come after you with both barrels wide open. Summer Bash has started right now. Lex and JJ fans, don't go away. More action right after this. Okay, Doc, what'd you have from it? I didn't know that Luger gave a shit about wrestling that much. Yeah, bro. He's really uh, fucking uh, hot. Pissed, yeah. And. Dude, he had fire, and I was like, damn, he was actually, like, the bash is starting now, and just, he was up there lying his ass off, like, we don't do shit after the match, and we beat you for 20 minutes. I was like, damn, that's, <laughs> if Luger did more of that, I'd be a big fan. And, dude, I thought JJ was on it here. Listen, pal, don't lose your head. We can get, we can get you your match. Cause you can come out here and shoot your mouth off. Be careful what you wish for. We can get it. We can get a contract here, and you can get your ass whooped if you want. I thought JJ's line there was fantastic, and I'm telling you that is by far the best Luger we've seen. I can't see it, so I can't remember how many times he was stroking it, but that's irrelevant. They were waist up, so you really couldn't see him grabbing his dick like he always does. But don't you agree? Yeah, Luger was, was fucking ready to fucking take someone's head off. Yeah. I actually, I I wrote down a question. I said, Doc, thoughts about Lex firing up, and you pretty much answered it. I thought he was great there. Yeah, he was fired up, man. He was he was ready to go out there and bust some ass. And see, the thing about JJ, JJ's so good, like, to I think every single week, we kind of, like, I don't think we forget it because we always play with, play his promos. But he literally plays that role of, you know, president of like Tully Blanchard Enterprises and leader of the horsemen. I mean, he, he really is like that prick old businessman. He takes his glasses off. He puts the arm of it in his mouth, just like little things that just real prickish type stuff. And I don't know, doc, you pretty much nailed it when you said he's like, Hey, Hey pal, you want to, you want a cage match? All right. We can make that happen. Just kind of like yeah. nonchalant. 
Just, yeah, I, we'll make that happen. And, and it was said in a way of be careful what you ask for because you're going to get it. Harper, yeah. uh, what, what else did you have, Harper? Man, I thought fucking uh, Luger was fucking hot, bro. And, and, I mean, normally he's just bragging about how the four horsemen and, you know, we're the greatest thing ever, yada, yada, yada. But he's like, no, I'm, I want to take your head off fucking right now. I'm going to say th- I'm going to go so far as to say this. And I'm not saying yell like that every time because yelling every time is not what I'm talking about. If Luger had approached the wrestling business with the same intensity and passion that he had in that promo, his career would have been radically different and much better. I think it's, I think the biggest thing with Lex was he just never was a real good promo guy. I mean, he was okay. But, but he could be because he just showed you. Well, I mean, yes, he could. That's what I'm saying. He was, he was average. Like, he would pull out a good one every now and then, but he just wasn't even – I mean, if you think back, okay, so – we grew up watching him around this time, but I mean, even think of like during the Monday Night Wars, I, he just boy, he I mean, was Lex a did, fest back then. That's what I'm saying. Lex never. I mean, he 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 did more for but, me but during this think, time than in the Monday think, Night Wars. But don't you think part of that is is in the Monday Night Wars he was just lucky that Bischoff took him on, and he was just pin me pay me to get his money, and I ain't gonna I, I'm not gonna fire up. I'm not gonna say nothing. Just I'm getting paid. I guess. There you go, buddy. Uh, Harper, anything else you got from Luger here? Nah, bro. All right, let's go to Dusty because Dusty's about to come out next, and Dusty's got something to say. Yeah. Here he is, big, big <laughs> Dust. The Great American Bash right upon us, and this man, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, part of the Great American Bash. Jesus oh, Christ! I love it. I love it when I see somebody else besides Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, get under the skin of the Four Horsemen. I seen Ric Flair take an unmerciful beating out here. I seen the crimson run from his chest from Ronnie Garvin and Jimmy Garvin. And I seen Jimmy Garvin drop you on your head. For a husband minus a head, a headless husband, if you will. Talking about the Great American Bash. Talking about the war games, the war boxes. 505, 10 inner, 5 leave. That's exciting. That's July the 4th. That's in the Omni, in Atlanta, very swiftly, talking about the Great American Bash. Everybody talking about Jim Crockett promotion. You know, people do a little bit of different stuff, Tony. You know, the husband like to go out and relax and drive their limos and have their women and have their drink. Dusty Rose the American Dream this past weekend, laid up in my cottage, if you will, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, reflecting on July. Most places it's 190 degrees outside in all them buildings, all them arenas, and all them stadiums. Stadiums. <laughs> stadiums. There's one stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Memorial Stadium. $100,000 Taylor Blanchard belongs to me. Belongs to me. You got my money. You're a thief. You stole it. J.J. Dillon and Doug Journey. Dark Journey out here looking so clean, Dark Journey. Well, Dark Journey, if I wanted any brown sugar, I'd go downtown Atlanta and give me some good stuff. Jesus. Jesus. Don't be bringing yourself out here, laying it on the street for Dusty Rose, the American dream. Because the summer is started. It is hot. The superpowers, Nikita Koloff, my main man, the mighty road warriors. All ready for the summer bashes. 
So I'll tell you what I'll do, Ric Flair. You want precious, you better watch Jimmy Govan taking that world's title from you. Dusty Rhodes want his hundred grand back. And tonight, I get my hundred grand. Doc Journey, let me tell you something, baby. Let me tell you something, Brown Sugar. The night that I get my hundred grand back, I'm going to have a big old limousine there. You know what I mean? And if you want a real man, you know what I'm talking about? Texas size. Jesus. Texas size, if you will. And Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, just might take some time for that brown sugar. Jesus. <laughs> Who's the baby Auburn. face? Hopper. Hopper, I need you. I want you to go first, bro. Oh, where's he at? He's on me. Yeah, yeah. I was Bruh. thinking, man, Dusty basically said he's going to go to Atlanta and find a black whore. And, and when he wins all that money, he's just going to take her and throw her in his limousine because that's all she's fucking worried about. Okay. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna be a little bit more dirt. He did say that. He said, "If I want some brown sugar, I'm gonna right. go to downtown Atlanta and get some." So right. basically, you're gonna go buy you a hooker and get you some exactly. on-demand pussy. That's nice. Could you imagine Dusty <laughs> with some like crackhead black whore? Okay, that was my that was my note. How many? How much brown sugar do you think Dusty had in for a shoot? A lot. <laughs> 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 man, uh, because he had big, that rap, baby. You know? Yeah, big, big dust. I mean, I don't know, bro. He, I mean, it looks like he had no problem in that category. And yeah. then he basically just said, "I got a big old Texas dick I can put on." You. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. When I heard that, I was like. Oh shit, Dusty! Right. I was like, I'm thinking to myself, why don't you just go ahead and fucking whip you, pull your jeans off, and whip your pecker out right there on national TV, and be like, "It's Texas time, baby. Look at it. Look at this mule I got down here." What's the line from that movie Requiem for a Dream? I didn't just take it out for air. Bro, I've never seen that movie. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, this guy whips oh, oh. it out. She looks at it. He goes, "Hey." I didn't just take this out to get it some air. Wow. And then she started That's working nice. on it. Mm. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Doc, anything else from Dusty right there? Dusty also is real proud of the fact they're in stadiums, bruh. Oh, yeah. Well, this stadium, I Googled it. It holds like 21,000 people. And it's old as fuck. Stadium well, is a you you can't check. There were no Wikipedia back then. Yeah, <laughs> it was built in 1934. Yeah, but they're all, they're also going to go to the Orange Bowl too. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. So, um, as if they didn't learn their lesson from stadiums last year. Yeah. Mm. Remember, if you remember when we were talking about last year, they went to Memphis. Had the like stadium. What, they ran the Liberty Bowl or some shit. <laughs> yeah. They had like a thousand people in that building. That sucks. Jesus man. Christ. That's terrible. Good seats. Good seats are still available. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it moving. Nikita defeats Brody Chase. Then we get a promo with Nikita and Dusty. I don't have anything from it. Doc, did you? Uh, what? No. Oh, All right, that's a no. Uh, Barry Windham defeats Gary Phelps. And then Barry Windham cuts like a 30-second promo. I don't have anything from it. Doc, did you? Hopper, did no. you? No. All right. 
Tully right. Blanchard defeats Hal Moore next. And after Tully defeating Hal Moore, we do get some gold from Arn Anderson. And, yes. Uh, let's listen to Arn here. Yeah. For the four horsemen, the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Well, Tony Giovanni, first of all, I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be affiliated with the finest wrestling organization on earth, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions, class act, top to bottom. I feel like I've earned the right to be in it. I've earned the right to be one of the four horsemen. What I just had, you had, David Crockett, and all these people had, was the opportunity to see a brawl. See, that was a freebie. That was a main event in any arena across this country. What it was, was a preview of the great American bashes. First of all, one point is, there's not a soul, any professional wrestler on earth that's undefeated. So when you're going to American Bash, don't expect to go undefeated all throughout the bashes. There's going to be some people hurt. There's going to be some title changes. There's going to be a lot of money made. But the bottom line is, what it provides a full horseman is a large audience to do what we do best. That's wrestle, show off, and show you that we're the class of all the professional sports. In front of 20,000 people, we're going to get the Road Warriors, the Superpowers, and the Mets Beyond, Atlanta, Georgia, July the 4th. They're going to bring the big cage down, 10 men walk in, 5 men walk out. The rules being, James J. Dillon sends the first member in. That's where our strategy comes in. From that point on, the potential is two on one, two on two, three on two. What I'm trying to tell you, as the summer months heat up, the four horsemen will manifest themselves as the finest elite wrestling machine in all the sports. It's a 24-hour job. It's not something that you put on the back like a T-shirt. You don't say you're a horseman. You earn the right. All these people don't want to hear it. The one thing they're going to hear and the one thing they're going to see is Tony Blanchard, still world television champion. Lex Luger will, or myself, will take the United States heavyweight title. And a little food for thought, rock and roll. Just remember thing. Nobody knows more about tag team wrestling than the Andersons. I'm an Anderson. Tully Blanchard is a partner. Lex Luger is a partner. Ric Flair is a partner. It doesn't matter. The fact is, any combination of the horsemen are better than anybody else. That's it, baby, right there. Four horsemen. Four horsemen. There they are. Four horsemen, Dark Journey, and JJ. Fans, more action right after this. Uh, what did he say that wasn't a lie? Not Anyone? A yeah. <laughs> It's just a real matter of fact, but I don't know, Doc. What did you have? The part I liked that I thought was interesting was because you, I mean, it's pretty formulaic in that, you know, you got to be a tag team to win the tag belts. But he's like, dude, we're just so good. We might just, you know, team up this way and kick the shit out of you because we want to. I thought, again, every bit of this is true. It's believable. They got belts. Asses are going to get whooped. Gold is going to be collected. He said this is an opportunity for us to get out there and show off. I love that line. You know, be, do what we do best. Beat people up. Show off. All that shit. Come on. Hopper, what you got from it? I like it when he says we're here to show up and show you what fucking wrestling is all about. I like that fucking shit. Yeah, that was good, and he yeah. just his mat, just uh, his matter of fact of, mm-hmm. you know, and man, no the horsemen, the horsemen are acting up, dude. Last week they stole money. This week they tried to steal a woman. They're telling you, let's get out here and beat. We're gonna whip your ass. They're just 
They're doing heel shit. Well, oh, just, yeah, and just I wait. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. I looked ahead to uh, next week. They're gonna blow up his car. Well, <laughs> just wait, man. Next, we got a couple of more promos in this episode where they they really ratchet it up. I mean, they're gonna shoot his dog next. Watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, anything else, Hopper from Arm, right there? No, just fucking great. Yeah, stop him. Talk you. Super duper, dude. All right, well, let's go to Corny. Here's Cornette. Take a look at it. U.S. Tag Team Champions. Are you proud of us, Tony, or what? You know, what? the symbol of excellence right here, the only tag team champions in professional wrestling. And I, I saw Ricky Morton out here a little bit earlier, and he was beating up some nobody and having a hard time doing that. But he was making big and brave talk, trying to make everybody think he was tough when his knees, as a matter of fact, were knocking together so fast, sounding like Jose Greco was fixed to come out here. Because, Ricky Morton, what you are is you're scared, you're a coward, you're trying to put up a big, brave front, but you realize that the time is coming when you're going to have to get in the ring with some real champions, the U.S. Tag Team Champions of Midnight Express, and defend those world tag titles. Where's Robert Gibson? He was nowhere to be seen because he's got a yellow streak running down his back a mile wide. Now, Ricky, you can come out here and beat up some fat nobody all you want to, but the fact of the matter is, the Midnight Express beats nobody's up every week, and we don't have a hard time doing it either. We play with them just to show everybody, including punks like you, Rock and Roll Express, that we're the best that there is. We humiliate them. We embarrass them. We make their families ashamed to be associated with them. We make their friends embarrassed to know them, and we send out messages to everybody we're going to get in the ring with just exactly how good we are. Now, Rock and Roll, the Great American Bashes is coming up, and I've made the public challenge. I've said that your mothers are dogs, your families are garbage, you ain't nothing but trash, you're punk cowards, and if you want to shut me up, Rock and Roll, if you want to look me in the face, and if you want to shut me up and take this nice smile off my face, then all you got to do is get in the ring with the Midnight Express, brother. All you got to do is get in the ring with the greatest tag team that there's ever been and defend those world tag team belts. What you're going to do is get beat. That's a foregone conclusion, but at least you might have a shot at shutting me up before we do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the U.S. and soon-to-be world tag team champions, beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan, the Midnight Express. The Midnight are about to take on Paul Damon and Terry Jones, and of course the Midnight are going to win. Doc, what did you have from Cornette right there? First of all, he called mothers, dogs, and family trash. And then when we get into his color commentary, he's going to make some racist remarks at about the 64-minute uh, mark, if you need to go back and find that. Just the theme of the night, but I saved it for now, is everybody's turned up their their the volume on their promos because we got the bash to sell. Let's get out to these arenas. But corny man, I hope you're pulling it up because it's right at about an hour and four minutes. He makes some unfortunate comments. <laughs> I I got it. I got it queued up. Let me ask Harper. Right. Did you have anything from Cornet first before I play it? I like when he says, "Man, if you want to take this smile off my face, you just gotta fucking get in the ring with my guys <laughs> and put that belt on the fucking line." Yeah, straight up. And, and do it. And fucking where is uh, Gibson? Head the night off. Maybe he's at the eye doctor. That's nice. He's at he's at fucking uh Lynn, he's at Lynn Crafters. <laughs> he had a coupon that fucking came in the mail. He's like, ah, hey, you know, uh, I'm gonna use this coupon. Uh, uh, this is the last day I can use it. Uh, I'm gonna use it today, brother. Uh, all right. 
dude, at the eye of Gibson and fake Stan Lane on Twitter are gonna love that because they they're always going back and forth about about Gibson's about Gibson's uh, fake Stan Lane calls it the wonky eye. I think is what he calls it. He's like a chameleon. He can look at two different fucking ways. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> That's so mean. Robert Gibson's a good dude. That's so I mean. I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> okay. Doc, I do have it queued up. I have it right at the 103.59 mark. So let me hit play because I, I don't have a note from this. Somehow I missed it. Here it is. Here it is with the slanted eyes. They go over and beat them up all the time. They okay, hold on. Let me rewind a little. <laughs> let me rewind a little. Hold on. Let me get okay. I'm at 20 seconds now into it. Let me uh, all right, more comfortable. Hi, David. You look like you usually do. You know, something the Midnight Express right now in the ring right now. We got all kind of people wanting us. You know, U.S. Tag Team Champions, the only real tag team champions in professional wrestling. We got the Road Warriors, those guys that go over and beat up chinks or jabs or slant, whatever it is with the slanted eyes. They go over and beat them up all the time. They think they're a big deal. Well, the Road Warriors, they tried when the Midnight Express were world champions. Was that it? And they couldn't do it, so the Great American Bash. Was that it, yeah. Doc? Yeah. Jesus Christ. You think they would have bleeped that out. So that made it on air in 1987, and it made it onto the network in 2000 and whatever. Which is weird because two to three months ago, he called... Who is he talking about? But he they bleeped out slant-eyed Japs, and then chinks and Japs just made it on so that somebody yeah. wasn't listening. They just loaded it and didn't hear it. That's what yeah, happened. Especially, especially chinks. I mean, Japs is just short for Japanese, but chinks is, you know? <laughs> that's, that's yeah, you're pushing the envelope. That's, yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, well, you got the Midnight Express. Like I said, they defeat Paul Damon and Terry Jones. Uh, Doc, uh, Harper, what do y'all think about the Ricky Morton promo without Gibson? No. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they all sound the same, huh? I mean, I don't want to sound like a dick, but they uh, <laughs> it's like I'm eating the same meal. It's just on a different plate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I can see I put a specialized plate of a naked bitch so when he's done he can lick the plate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, Harper pulls these analogies out of out of out of thin air. That was great. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so after Morton, it was pretty generic. Daryl Dalton Versus Thunderfoot 2. Thunderfoot 2 wins. There you go. Uh, we got the Mod Squad. I don't have a time stamp. It's a promo. I don't have a time stamp from it. But this gimmick confirms to me that they need this gimmick today where a couple of white cops gloat about beating minorities. <laughs> yeah. Up. A bunch of white cops from fucking New Orleans beating the shit out of people. I'm serious. Because, like... Somebody get... Somebody go get crime time back together and let's do this thing. Yeah. Cause during the promo, they're literally talking about they're gloating about beating <laughs> beating up people in their uniform. And I'm like, this this gimmick is perfect for today if you're not a publicly traded company because it could it's like a real thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I'm not like, like, like any any police officers out there listening to us. I'm I, I've got 
uh, utmost respect. I, they, every cop does not beat people up or shoot people. My point is, uh, it's it's captivated and it's uh, polarizing in the media right now. Therefore, if you're a wrestling promoter, you could capitalize on that shit and have you some 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 heel. Then why cops. were you calling them pigs before we hit the record button? Okay, now you're just lying. All right. Anyway, so I thought I thought I thought it was actually kind of funny when you listened to him. It's not it's not a great promo or anything, but it, it is funny. You when said you, think about it. you said, and I quote: "When my people start the race war, we're going for the cops first. That's Bro, nice. I don't even know why you would joke like that. What? Okay. So after that, we go to. So it's okay for Corny to say what he said, but if I say something like that, you get your pussy sore. No, I just think you're full of bullshit as usual. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're just trying to work and, you know, you're just lying. That's what you do. Mm. All right, we go to J.J. Dillon. And this is some important stuff, so here it is. Mm. Fans like promise, Mr. Jim Crockett, president of Jim Crockett Promotions, James J. Dillon. We all heard of the demands set by gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, and uh, what's on your mind now? Well, I asked so Mr. Crockett come out here. Jim Crockett Jr. is president of Crockett Promotions. If you're going to talk to somebody, you might as well talk to the top man. But I just want to make sure that we've got no misunderstandings because I still resent the fact that I had to go to the bank and suffer the embarrassment and humiliation of presenting a check with your signature on it, your company heading, and they told me the check was no good. But I'm not there to talk about that. We're talking about something else. Now, Jimmy Garvin figured that he embarrassed Mr. Ric Flair, the world heavyweight champion, right out here on national television today. Then he went on television to make it worse and said he wanted him in a title match, started making demands, wanted his type of match. But what caught my attention was when he said, whatever price I have to pay to get it. So now my understanding is he wanted the world heavyweight championship on the line in a cage match. Is that correct? That is correct. And I'm told that... uh, I'm told that he's asked to be in Greensboro, North Carolina. Is that correct? Yes, he wants Greensboro because the last time in the, during the bash, Mr. Flair was defeated for the title by Dusty Rhodes in Greensboro. Okay, that's academic at this point. We're talking about what's coming up. <laughs> he asked for no disqualification. There has to be a winner, right? He also said he'll pay whatever price. That he has okay. said. Okay. And I've already told you what I want. And just so there's no misunderstandings, it is in the contract. First of all, Mr. Garvin had to put up something, right? We asked that that fur coat that he's been hiding, which belongs to Mr. Flair, be on the line, right? It will be on the line. Okay. But real important is, for one night, Precious is on the line for what I would have Mm. to consider would be a dream date for the world heavyweight champion Ric Flair. Because you see, Jim Crockett, what we're going to do and what Mr. Flair in particular is going to do is going to embarrass Jimmy Garvin and embarrass the entire Garvin family in Greensboro because we are going to take it all. Mr. Garvin has agreed to that because he feels very confident about the outcome of this match. Coming from Jim Crockett, Jr., President of Crockett Promotions, you can now regard it as official. I thank you, sir. Okay, it's official, and let's take a look, fans, back at this great tag team match that we saw earlier today on the program. All right, they throw it to a re- replay of what happened earlier in the tag match, but uh, this is some crazy shit because J.J. starts, uh, you know, we're talking about the present, not what happened in the past, but J.J. says, <laughs> hey, I want the fur coat on the line and precious on the line. So 
Evidently, you can definitely wager abroad in 1987. So, uh, to yeah. translate, if Jimmy Garvin wins, uh, or Jimmy Garvin loses to Flair in the cage, Precious has to fuck Flair, is basically the wager here. Whoa. Hey. I mean, I'm just calling it like I see it. Did you not agree with that, Hopper? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And it's and it's crazy, because you got Crockett's like, yeah, okay, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, that's my whole point is the 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 respected promoter just right. bet a chick's ass. <laughs> well, he did say that, was, that Jimmy Jimmy Garvin agreed to it. Who cares still. if Jimmy Garvin wants to commit crimes on, in his name? Is he going to let him know? That's the whole point. <laughs> Dude, this gets really awkward in a couple of weeks. Really we'll awkward. We'll see. All right. I'm just saying it gets really awkward. But, uh, Doc, what else you got from this? That was it, man. I was like, for real? (laughs) Crockett, you dirty bastard. You'll do anything to get this shit in the ring. (laughs) Hopper, what else you got from it? Yeah, I just kept thinking. It's like, dude, no one's like saying you tried to kidnap a fucking woman 20 minutes ago. And now you're betting on a woman. Yeah, and I and now you're gonna bet on this chick in a fur coat. All right. So they replay the tag match with Luger, Flair, and the Garvins, and then they come back from the from the uh, from the tag match. And there's a promo. Uh, Tully and and Journey are out there, and I'm trying to get it queued up. I'm almost there. Hold on. Uh, here it is. Uh, wow. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Okay, fans, there you have it. And a footnote to that, it's July 11th, the Greensboro Coliseum in the cage for the world title winner take all. The coat, precious, and the world heavyweight title. Dark Journey and the world title. You know, Tony Schiavone, the horseman always function better when the pressure is extremely on. Just like June, the sixth big dust looms heavily. So you come out here and shout and holler and make every kind of comment you want to make. The fact remains, I took you down the last two times we met. And in Charlotte Memorial Stadium with 25,000 people live in exciting color, I'm going to take you down and I'm going to go up that ladder and I'm going to take the $100,000 that is rightfully mine and already won. Besides the canceled checks and the maneuvering behind the scenes. But you know, Big Dust, the most important thing is it really does me feeling good. It's bass season starting this week. DJ looking live as any woman can look. But you know, Big Dust, you, my friend, to compare her to something that would run around downtown Atlanta and talking about brown sugar, baby, this is live. Big Dust, I don't care what type of sugar it is that you like, this sugar is too sweet for you. And the only man who gets a taste of this sugar is this one right here. Listen to that, Big Dust. The sugar is all mine. And in Charlotte, I'm going to show you just what a little sugar can do to you. And we'll see you next week right here. I don't know. Hopper, what do you think? I like that shit. My sugar is too sweet for your ass. Journey said this sugar is only for Tully. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> Book it, bastard. Book it, bitch. Uh, I know, huh? Doc, what you got? Is there anything more 80s? Like, we talk about Bob Armstrong has dad uniform all the time. Is there anything more trying to sound hip, late 30s, white dude? 
1987 and saying a chick is live or all the way live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she looking live. And he said it a couple of times, too. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to tell you guys, get, peep, get them peepers on Dark Journey while you can. I know, huh? Fuck. She's got to go. She's got to go get some colonics soon. She's uh, she's not long for the promotion at this point. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, where'd she go? Home. Yeah. Oh yeah. She, she retired. Oh really? Fuck. Harper, I do have a question before we give out the ratings in a Rolex. Uh. Um. Why did you consider telling uh Sheba Turk book it, bitch, when the interview was over? <laughs> no. <laughs> did, you consider, did you consider being a mark for yourself and not wearing your gimmick clothes and wearing a BT t-shirt? No. Yeah, let's talk about that because Doc gives me a hard right. time about not promoting BTT. Harper, I mean, you didn't even get a BTT plug out the deal. I mean, you're on a big old huge CBS station, the CBS affiliate out of New Orleans, and no That's BTT right. mention. I'm, I'm feeling well, so hurt. Well, fucking pin me, pay me. You okay. just keep pinning me. Oh, okay. Mm. Unfortunately, uh, right. unfortunately, as much as it pains me to to say this, but he's got a point there, Mike. Yeah. I don't give a damn about what you got to say, Doc. Uh, We're the El. I, I, it's unfortunate, but Harper and I are the El Negros on this. We're the, the El Negro tag team here. Yes. I, I tell you what. Um. Uh, the BTT sharecropper on Twitter. Who I believe it's got to be Philip Allen. I mean, I, there's no way to confirm it, but I'm pretty sure it is, just based on. The- and I was going to save this for Friday to talk about, but if we're getting ready to talk about it, why? I think he posted a picture of dirty white girl. He did. <laughs> he posted, oh, dude. She, I'm going to say this: she looks better now than she did then. Yeah, she looks more. I mean, she's she normal. Looks, right. She's not all burnt up and. She doesn't have that look in her eye like she's whiffed in too much Aquanet when she was spraying her hair and shit. Uh, someone well, posted it. Somebody posted it on a Facebook Facebook group too. I can't remember who, but yeah, yeah, she looks she looks good, man. She don't look yeah. bad at all. Not bad, not uh, bad at all. All right, Doc, you go first. What are you going to rate this thing? First of all, the match was fantastic, and I I said this earlier. The crowd was hot. The match was hot. And I really felt like all the all the guys had everybody. Most of the guys that went out there, the big players, had it on their mind to, to advance these angles, to really ratchet it up, get the get the people out to the stadiums. It was eighty five minutes. I really do need the Braves to get their season up and running here and kicking <laughs> into into high gear where we're playing Saturday evening games. But all that being said, it was a very enjoyable eighty five minutes. I'm gonna give it an A. I gotta. I think I gotta give it an A too. Harper, what are you gonna yeah. give? Yeah, it? it's gotta be an A, bro. You had fucking that. The match alone. With yeah. Fucking Rick and Lex versus uh, uh the Garvins. Yeah, that was pretty damn good. Um, yeah. I would agree. All right, before we do the Rolex, I want to remind everyone: if you are not a patron, become one. It's tinyurl.com/slash Patreon BTT. Uh, Doc and Harper and I are going to be doing. What is it, Doc? The top, top 80s? 80s broads uh, this this Friday. Yes, so it'll be so coming it'll out. probably be out before this episode was out. So you probably be like 
already there on on the site. Mm, yep. Top five eighty chicks. That's gonna be hard. So is it is it is it is it top five eighties broads that you wanted to bang or just top five eighties broads? What, what yeah, well, I mean, you want to bang them all. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the five you want to bang the most. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So again, it's tinyurl.com slash Patreon. I, I, I really got to think that Harper's going to have four Golden Girls and then a fifth wild card, but we'll have yeah. to wait. You have to become a patron to find out. Yeah. Again, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Uh, as a reminder, Doc and I also did one recently where we talked about broads and how they like to turn on the heat and the AC in the same day and how broads are always cold. Uh, when it's not even winter yet. Just bullshit. You know the drill. Anyway, again, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. All the extra content, the world-class shows are all up uh, on the Patreon site. So as little as 2 bucks a month, you can sign up and get access. And the great thing about Patreon is you can listen to it on Podcast Attic, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now, and all that good stuff. So there you go. Uh, please sign up. I am going to give the Rolex out to Dusty, actually, because I thought he was so off the wall talking about basically going get him a hooker and banging her or and then telling Journey after he gets his 100000 he going to pay for her to get in a limo and get a piece of his Texas-sized meat. So Dusty gets it. Uh, Doc, who are you giving yours to? Oh, man. Um, Should have known that if we're talking about black broads, you'd get, you'd, you'd get you up and running. Um. Well, I did some simple calculations to get to the Rolex. And so, and fairly young, able-bodied, blonde woman is worth more than $100,000 even in 1987. And so if JJ stole $100,000 last week and tried to steal a, a white woman this week, I'm going to support JJ in his ongoing crime spree and give JJ the Rolex because he also <laughs> came out and told Jim Garvin when he could get some. And he also told Crockett he didn't appreciate that check getting stopped either when he was down at the bank. JJ's on a run. JJ was rolling. JJ's like the cracked out meth head that just on a three state crime spree. Executive manager of uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises. That always killed me, his title. Uh, all right, Hopper, who are you going to give it to? It's got to be JJ. He's out stealing women, you know. <laughs> I mean, stealing broads. Harper's manager their year this year, but he ain't out stealing. A, I guarantee you, his right. isn't going to say Harper stole a hundred grand or a woman for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Yep. All right, so let's do this now. I do. I'm gonna. I got a short promo of the week for you all. We haven't heard from these people in a while. Uh, before I go to it, want to remind everyone: go to tinyurl.com/bttamazon. That is a great way to support the show. If you are purchasing things on Amazon, use that link. Go get not only Bobby Blaze's book, Pin Me, Pay Me, but Doc and I have recently got Death of the Territories, an excellent book, excellent read, really rolling through it, lots of craziness, man, uh, just a great book. So if you're if you're in a market and you want to buy Death of the Territories, please use the link. And again, anything you buy from Amazon, use it. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Great way to support the show. You can buy anything and everything from there. Give it to the wives, girlfriends, side pieces of your life, and please tell them to bookmark it and use it. Uh, Doc, uh, while I'm getting this video pulled up on YouTube, uh, thoughts on Death of the Territory so far? 
we started it at the same time, but because you read, have to read out loud and with your finger following the words, I'm about sound twice. Sound that shit out. <laughs> yes, just sound it out, pal. <laughs> I'm twice as far along into the book as you are. And I got to tell you, um, the territories are, are starting to, you know, they're starting to, to look sick, man. It's not good. Vince is, Vince is using cable TV to just choke everybody out. I like the joke you made. That's real funny. <laughs> All right. So uh, I've uh, almost got the promo pulled up. Uh, while I'm doing that, I want to remind you also check out our friends from the wrestling podcast about nothing with ROH's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett. They do their same thing every single Monday. Just search WPAN or wrestling podcast about nothing uh, this week. Uh, actually, not this This week. It's actually not on TV, but they are taping it, I believe. Uh, Malonis and Beer City Bruiser are going up against the Briscoes for the tag team titles in ROH. So there you go. Uh, I think it's a house show, though, so it's not a TV show, TV episode. What's up, Doc? Speaking, what? Speaking of podcasts, what did you think a few weeks ago of Conrad doing the Kevin Sullivan in person? Uh, I didn't hear. What did he do? Doc, did you mute he yourself? Had, oh, well, yeah. I had to, I had to take care of some serious business just for a second. He did the uh, he did a Kevin Sullivan impersonation, and he goes, "We ain't building a rocket here. It's not, you know." He didn't say it ain't that fucking hard, but he did it's say, here. "We're not building a rocket here." You kidding? <laughs> no. Hi, Conrad. So, I mean, if you're going to steal our stuff, can we reciprocate? Can I come down and just pick up a shift at the mortgage company or maybe get a date with Flair's daughter? Make this an equitable swap? That's nice, Doc. Well, okay, if, no. between, that, between that and we have a little inside insider knowledge that – going on at, at the Bruce Pritchard shows, they just read Urban Dictionary. So, I'll just give a shout out to the person who keyed us on that. I don't know if they want to get outed and get messed with, but, you know, hey, thanks for the intel. We could use that. So, hey, Conrad, what's up? Hi, hi buddy. <laughs> uh, at Thin Man Within, Mark, on uh, Twitter and on Facebook, he went to the Pritchard show couple weeks ago now at the time that this is airing and he said that uh pritchard read an urban dictionary uh, definition during the during the show damn now now look we don't own urban dictionary nor do we have rights i'm not trying to say that but i just found that interesting again i don't know the exclusive says in the in the observer that wade keller reported that the show was poorly attended i can do that i can read newsletters too pal Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> hey, he's, he's he's rubbing it in. All right, let's go. Here, we're going to get ready to close this thing out. Again, check out the wrestling podcast about nothing with ROH. It's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett. Every single Monday, they do classic stuff, current stuff, all that good stuff. Uh, but check them out. Good dudes. And then our vantage point, check them out as well. Uh, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, they give their take on the northern side of pro wrestling's history. Slightly classier, definitely more professional than us. They just celebrated episodes 101, 102, and they did a actual review view of uh of wrestling with shadows with bret hart which was very interesting and kind of funny when you look back at it uh i don't know doc you think wrestling with shadows was a work bruce uh brett screwed brett dude there we go harper what about you you think wrestling with shadows was a work with bret hart that old one from back in the day yeah hey, so yeah. i got i hear I mean, everything's at work that's it if everything's at <laughs> work that is a thing and everything's at work Ergo, that'll work, <laughs> dude. I told you the other night we need to get on the football. Talk about our new hero and legend in a minute. But I told, I told Mike the other night, 
Have you noticed, Harper, that they've been booking these night games a whole lot better so that people will start watching them again? Yeah, especially the fucking Thursday night ones. That Thursday night game last so, night, Thursday was booked well. Booking so, I'll put it this way. The Monday night game next week, it's with Drew Brees, you know, the, is with the Saints, and Drew Brees is supposed to break the fucking uh, record for the most passing yards. You think that wasn't booked on purpose, bro? Mm. Mm. They're BTT. So I mean, come on, bro. They probably look at it and say, oh, look, this is probably the week he's going to break the fucking record. We need that game on fucking Monday Night Football. I- I'd say there's probably a good... Uh, i tell you what, Doc, let's hold off on his new breed Transformers promo. Uh, you wanted to talk about Earl Thomas. Uh, do you want Dude, to explain he's a who legend. You want to, well, first, well, hold yeah. on. Let, for Oilers have, for back in the day? No, no. Doc, you're going to have to explain who Earl Thomas, Thomas is and, and why you wanted to talk about him. So... <clears throat> Because not everybody's a football fan. I got you. So, but, Earl, but let me say this before we go. But let me tell you what why why y'all need to be Earl Thomas fans, and this will be this will prove why. For today, I'm not Denim Fritz because he was popping off about Earl Thomas being racist on 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 his Twitter feed, saying that Earl Thomas should have just played. Here's the thing: Earl Thomas is a is a safety from the University of Texas that plays for the Seattle Seahawks. And won a, won a Super Bowl with them. He's one of the guys. He's one of their defensive studs. And last year, at the end of the season, he asked Jerry Jones to come get him and bring him back to Texas. So he's one of the rumors is he's going to come play for the Cowboys. So this fool needs a... I, you're better with the contracts than I am, Mike. What, what's his contract status here? He had two years left, right? So what? That, that's a whole. That's this a, was the third of the fourth year. Then he wanted an extension, and they're like, nah, bro. And so he just said, okay. Let me tell you something. There is nobody that's more of a field overseer than the NFL Booker man. Those <laughs> dudes live in the past. What other, other, what other sport doesn't have guaranteed contracts? And those guys are playing the most violent sport in the world, but outside well, of rugby. So you gotta you gotta you gotta reset it though. You gotta explain that he's been wanting this basically more money and he's busted right. his ass and he's contributed to the team. And he unlike he's not holding out, he went and played, but he begrudgingly but he he, he's he's a hero to the working man, dude. Cause Mullen is gonna be down at the shoot job going, Bro, I wish I could do that. He he said, <laughs> I ain't gonna practice. I won't get hurt. I'll play. But, I'll play in the games, but I ain't gonna practice because I don't want to get hurt. Right. So he played. Then, then how does it, everybody's gonna look? Like, what does this have to do with wrestling? So what it's got to do with wrestling was this motherfucker played, and he actually basically beat the Cowboys almost by himself um, a couple mouth. weeks ago. Why don't you shut your stupid mouth? But anyway, so Earl Thomas has been fighting and fighting for he he wants his new contract or he wants to be traded. Well, he. After two weeks from the time we recorded this, he hurts himself. And he broke he breaks, his leg. He right. broke his leg. Well, bye-bye season and obviously bye-bye contract talks this year. Now, Doc, you want to tell the people out there 
what made what happens next such a great wrestling either heel or babyface move, whatever side of the fence you're on. So here's here's the thing. By all accounts, he is popular in the locker room. Would you say that? I think so. I think he's a popular player. So that's important to what's about to happen. So he broke his leg. They come out there. They oh shit, he broke his leg. They put him in the cart on the cart, and as they're starting to cart him <laughs> off, he just whips out his middle finger and flips off the entire sideline of Seattle. Now he's not flipping off the coaches and the players. He's flipping off the organization that wouldn't pay him. And yes, he had a contract, but he's one of the guys that won you a Super Bowl ring. And let me tell you something. Jerry Jones would have ripped that up and paid him his money. Am I wrong? Probably, unless Jerry felt like he was T.O. type or Des type. He'd have, been, he'd have sent them packing. But I don't think he would have thought. I don't think Jerry would have thought that about Earl Thomas. I think he so probably would have given do, his money. What you need to do is and everybody was grandstanding. Oh, why could you do that, bro? Go if you haven't seen this, just type in Earl Thomas Seahawks <laughs> carted off or something, and look at the look on his face when he's doing it, because it's the look you want to do at your job while you're flipping somebody off to tell them what you think. Oh, it's the best. He's a wrestler. He's and that's why we're talking about it. It's wrestling, dude. He's playing. He's healing out. Um, I'm going to pull up, I've, I found a clip, but I don't know if, if they like in this clip, if the, if you can hear what the commentator said, cause I've, I've seen him flip the sideline off, but I don't know if you can, I don't know if they, they play what the commentators say, cause that, that would be gold. Like if the commentators like grandstand, but I don't know. Let, let me, let's see. I'm just going to clip on this and see what happens. Year and they're going to take him off. So two really, really tough injuries for the Seahawks. The process and building that relationship and Tom. Alright, so that's Sam Rosen and uh Mark uh what the hell? He was a he was a fucking lineman for the Broncos. I cannot remember his last name uh for nothing. Slareth. Slareth. Yeah, he was a lineman. That's Sam Rosen. So it, this guy played football. That guy, so that guy also said he would just pee his pants when he was had to go. Yeah. So let's continue. Here it is. Yeah, before he even got to the player. Oh, shit. Oh, that don't look good. And the, right. many of the Cardinals are going over to uh, wish the best, including Patrick Peterson. A guy that in the history of this league and Earl is a phenomenal young man. You know, that brings us to Pete Carroll and what a great job he's done. He's seen the transformation of all this right. defensive team with all of the great names before and then he has a Michael Kendricks. He just flipped him off. Waiting for an appeal <laughs> for a suspension and he has Earl Thomas who wasn't happy with his contract and to bring this team together like he has, you know, shows uh, I think really uh, great coaching skills. So they know something. The yeah, yeah, commentary no sold it, which kind of shocked me because if it would have been Joe Buck, Joe oh. Buck would have been like, "Oh my God, this is fucking disgusting! <laughs> you fucking idiot!" The dude flipped off his organization as he was probably done playing for him or carted off the field. And in a lot of other sports, I'd be like, "Dude, you got guaranteed money. Get your ass out there!" But in football, you see what happens. That's why you got to get paid when you can get paid. 
<laughs> oh, and that dude is a legend. And if somebody in Stanford, Connecticut didn't see that and go, keep that guy's name. Tucked away somewhere. Yeah, write that down. (laughs) Write write that down for us. All right, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Before we do so, make sure you check out, uh, again, the Facebook page. Go join it. Check us out on Twitter at BTT underscore podcast. Harper's at CJH Hudat. I'm at Mike504Saints. So please uh, do that. And then check out, uh, don't forget, the T-shirts are still on sale. We haven't been moving many lately, but uh, the T-shirt links are in the show description. So please uh, check out a couple of, uh, check out the T-shirt story, the T-Public or Pro Wrestling Tees and go pick up a couple. So there you have it. Uh, real quick, Hall of Fame patron shout-outs. Disrespectfully, Classy Marky, Blassie, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Morecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, Dave Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Josh Fields, Chris Meyer, Judson Edwins, Gerald Green, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Pru, Will Parker, Jeremy Bryant, Classy Alex, Slider91 US, David DeVries, Frog Zeppelin, SV Pageant, Bill Salsa, Big Rich, uh, at Spy Boy Sports Cap, Ari Miller39, Dustin Roberts, Jay Shiny21, uh, Ruben Espinoza, JMM7530, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin Underscore Andretti, Coleman822, Marty Howell, and T-Hog94. Thanks for being Hall of Fame patrons. Doc, you got anything else before we get out of here? I do got one little thing. Um, I forgot this up at the top, but uh, got a message this past week, so it'll be a couple of weeks ago by the time this airs. But uh, Raw was in Seattle, apparently, uh, yeah. last Monday night. Uh, I had a buddy. Uh, my buddy Chris was there, and uh, he said he sent me a message and said, uh, I am wearing my BTT shirt to the, to the show, even though the current product sucks. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah, it's more than you did. What a clay. Well, look, I got to get myself over. Only oh, one true. person can get you over, and that's you. That's true. Oh, for shit. I Doc. I got fucking Mike's doing uh, uh, Mid South shit and all. And, uh, yeah, fuck off. And that, right. Y'all, who's going to say, who's going to say, book it, bitch, over there, right? Right. Are you proud of that Mid South show, by the way? What you gonna have uh, Brian Lasko book it, bitch, mothership. Holly Ho! I will say this. Y'all are making fun of it, but uh, we've seen a spike in our listeners So uh, ever since that show started. There you go. You're welcome. I, oh, just I have no numbers. I have nothing to prove, and I'm getting paid the same as I did before. So right. what the... What? Maybe we, okay. I feel like a sharecropper. Alright, offer. No matter how much time. fucking cotton I pick, I'm still fucking broke. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? <laughs> Michael Mills. What the fuck? God, Hopper. <laughs> Come on, bruh. <laughs> and that's why you stay with us to the very end of the show. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ. Alright, 80. Anything else before we get out of here, Doc? Let's go. What you got, All right, boss? Hop. Hop, hit the tag. All right, boss. Take, take us. Book a bitch, boss. 